G'day, Warp Stuff. How are you? G'day, Dessa. Uh, welcome to uh, 2018 season. Absolutely. Hey, um, pre-season test day at Sydney. Did you mm. hear that Gizzy ran into another car? Again? Yeah. Uh, uh, apparently he's doing a side gig with the UFC as well. UFC, right. Mm, well, he's good at hitting people, so... Yeah, good point, yeah. I don't think that um, Dirk Clinsmith will be photographing his fights for uh, auto action, though. Why's that? Well, his hitting coach is um, Ted Jarvis. Eighth and possibly last edition of the Supercar Insiders Warps to Cast 2018 is go. We talk about the hill climb in Dubbo, three wide at the elbow doesn't go, and did Porsche win the 12 hour? Nine! One eleven! Yes, welcome to the Warpster Cast, the official podcast of the Baron of Australian Billboard Boringness, the Warpster. Joining me is the Shake of Social Media, the podcast DSO. And here we go again, DSO, another year of supercars begins. Thanks, Warpster. Hello to everybody out there in uh, in, in the internet, or on the internet, or something to do with the internet. I'm not, not quite sure. No, the way technology is going, you'll be stuck in the internet sooner rather than yeah, later. Apparently, Ghost, I Ghost in the shell. So, um... 2018, here we are, a week out from the Clipsal 5... Oh, sorry, the not Clipsal. The not Clipsal 500. The race formerly known as the Clipsal 500. Do we know of another electrical supplier that we could insert name here? No, I think the um, delicious tax dollars are quite sufficient, but enough of all that for now. Let's look back on the year-starting epic, the Dubbo Hill Climb DSO. The Dubbo Hill Climb. Uh, Our winners... Uh, Robin Friends, Stuart Leonard, and Dries Van Thor in the W Racing Team Audi R8, but only after an unusual ending to the race. Yeah, look, um, I'm sure everybody who's listening to us uh, is a motorsport fan, or you've st- st- stumbled across this podcast on iTunes. The 12-hour race at Bathurst. The race essentially ended under a red flag. Uh, the race was uh, put was whether they went safety car following a fairly substantial crash. Uh, up on the top of the hill on the run opposite Vista on the run to McPhillamy where the Super Barn Audi driven by Ash Walsh uh, hit the wall at McPhillamy um, after a, a clip, clip one of the Mark cars. Uh, this was followed by the stricken car being absolutely pummeled by the 19 Corp Mercedes AMG driven by John Martin who was a spectator. It was virtually blind corner. He had no time to react and uh, that was the end of that as they say. Yep. I'm going to have a bit of a chat about social media later. Mm-hmm. A rant might be a better way to put it. Uh, about social media around the the, the, the Dubbo Hill Climb and um, some of that is uh, is with regard to the surrounding issues around that crash. Mm-hmm. What we probably do need to clear up um, for a lot of you out there who don't understand, everybody said, oh, the marshals weren't doing any work to clear the track. Um, New South Wales police were on scene. It was deemed to be a serious, potentially... Uh, uh, potentially category one in type incident so they couldn't move any debris for those of you that wondered why nothing got touched and um, both drivers were extremely lucky to escape with the injuries that they do have um, I can't say unscathed yeah the, the race was uh, 
the race went on to safety car and then was suspended and then red flagged. And as they say, you've in the in the classics, Warps, do you uh, have to be in front to win no matter what? You know, whether the Audi was going to make it on that tank of fuel or not, no one's quite sure. But their name's on the Australian Tourist Trophy and uh, the others aren't. Yeah, well, a win's a win in that respect. Um, hi to all the... Um Nissan JDR fans out there. Mm. Um, second was the Sun Energy Mercedes of um, Habul, J-Dub, Vortier, and Marciello. And third was the Black Swan Porsche, the 540 car of Jerome Blakemolen. I got told off for pronouncing that incorrectly once or twice. Uh, Max Pappas, I'm oh, sorry, Pappas? Uh, Stoltz Pappas and Lieb. <laughs> no, it wasn't tap- Max Pappas, it was Tim Pappas. Um, was that Tappas? Is he the Spanish driver? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, there's there's your podium. On a brighter note, um, it was an action-packed race with lots and lots of reasons for the uh, Mercedes safety car to be deployed and get some air, free air time. Um, g'day to Jen. I think you did 26 laps yeah. in the safety car this year, Jen. Yep. Wouldn't be surprised. Uh, yeah, so uh, qualifying, Wobster. Tight affair. Um, everyone came to the uh, grips with the track quickly. This whole myth of internationals being no good at Bathurst is just out the window now. Absolutely. So top time of the sheets was essentially musical chairs. But when the music stopped, who was at the top? Uh, our old mate Chaz. Our old mate Chaz in the uh, in the chicken schnitzel M6 winning the top 10 shootout. Uh, yeah, schnitzel um, came over. We did sort of rate them under the SRM car in our um, preview. And wow, we were wrong. Yeah, we were we wrong were about a lot wrong. of things in our preview. But don't worry, that's because... We model ourselves on every other motorsport commentator in Australia. Neither world. Oh, no, we can't lump Hindy in with that. Hindy's, mm. Hindy's good. Hindy's Hindy. Oh, hello to anyone from um, Radio Le Mans. Or Midweek Motorsport Listeners Collective. Yeah. All righty. We don't have time to do a blow-by-blow account of a 12-hour race. That's because, because um, that's because most of the cars did the blow-by-blow into each other as the day progressed. Pretty much. Uh, there's going to be a lot of safety cars uh talked about here but from yep. uh, 5 30 a.m onwards there always seemed to be something happening oh yeah um so Chaz set the fastest lap in the race at two zero two minutes zero one point nine seconds on lap seven um and essentially was class of the field in the early running realistically the safety car restart miscue was the one thing that uh, kept them from dominating the first few hours of the race uh, though very early on, the familiar pattern on the mountain emerged as the great track flung those it deems unworthy into the walls or into each other. Yep, first major crash was the crossbow, or as uh, Michael likes to call it, the tenbow. Jeez, oh, I don't know, though. <laughs> of David Crampton at the cutting, followed by uh, Bagnall, Hallmark Audis, the Haber Mark II at McPhillamy. Mm, that was a big one, too. Uh, there were lots and lots of big ones. The one thing that the internationals did prove, whether they're quick or not around the track, if you get it wrong, Bathurst will bite. Oh, yes. Well, we already knew that. Mm. Um, up front, the Porsche squadron improved their position from a very ordinary qualifying effort. I don't think any of them made the top 10. No, but they again, proving that um, in a 12-hour race, you are only buying a ticket to the last... Mm. Oh, hang on, they finished how many shorts? So it was the last 14 laps. <laughs> Uh, in any case, um, 12-hour regular and um, Audi, former Audi superstar Lawrence Van Tor, that's the older brother of the uh, winner, mm-hmm. uh, exploded through the field in the Kraft Bamboo car. Are they like the Kelly brothers of GT racing? Oh, no, they actually win. Oh, ouch. We'll get into the Kellys in the news. <sighs> Stephen Grove. 
in the Grove Porsche. Interesting uh, altercation. Spun into Murray's Corner Sand Trap. Got himself out. Then spun at Hell Corner. Mm. Uh, embarrassing for him. Amusing for us. Mm. Uh, Xavier West put the SRM M4, the um, Class C car, into the elbow just after that. Yep. Uh, then after the yellow flag, Ash Samadi bogged his Audi <laughs> in the sand trap. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be the sand trap possibly laid there by the tradies he allegedly owes money to. Yeah. Um, the Dancing Minions, yeah, well, we had a bit of Dancing Minions, got a tilt tray at uh, the Daytona, lost a wheel on pit straight, and uh, by that stage, the safety car was placed about 21st outright. Uh, for those who don't get the Dancing Minion reference, uh, go down a little bit on the Supercar Insiders page for the um, Jamiroquai video that we uh, posted. Mm, so some of the trackside marshals were who weren't in radio contact were trying to do some long-established hand signals, mm. possibly not as well as mm. they could have. <clears throat> they were waving their hands in the air like they, they just, just didn't, didn't care. care. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, so Pat Long took the lead from the penalised number 17, Bentley. Um, Jen was in tears at that stage, being the world's biggest Bentley fan. Mm. Uh, the Lowndes McLaren started to overheat and eventually failed. And uh, the engine was sent back to England for investigation, given how rare such failures are. And that's one of the heavy pre-race favourites, suddenly off the scale, which just goes to prove an endurance racing. Is an endurance race. Never take anything for granted. Uh, Uh, Speaking of... Our mate. uh, J-Dub. Dud. Dub. Oh, sorry. They've been nice. No. It's the start of the year. Uh, He's in the uh, Hubble Merc, uh, closed on Pat Long, getting on his tail before they stopped. Leaving the Jamak Perm Audi of Mies leading from Estray in the Craft Bamboo Porsche. Mm-hmm. Um, the usual Mark GT3 incident occurred when the Gotts Straka Merc hit one, but no safety car resultant from that one. Two did, however, with the Viper stopping at Reed Park, and then the much discussed fire of the Mark driven by Paul Morris at. Uh, 22 exit of the ch- pulled over drivers right at flag point 22 exit the chase now anyone who's um, subscribed to the uh, podcast DSO Facebook page knows you had plenty to say about that yeah just a little bit and we'll go into that later the other one that you've forgotten uh, in uh, in all of your uh, exclusive script you've written for me and to, to try and follow which I don't do Warbster yes is uh, Porsche that went out and decided that um He'd uh, take an outside line on the on the medical car round turn oh, two. Oh yes, of course, yes. So uh, uh, a, yeah. a big a big hi to uh, to Dave and uh, mm. uh, Marion and uh, cousin Pete and all the team at Team Medical Australia. You uh, you were lucky that that one did buff out. Yeah, rubbing's racing. Mm. After that, safety car, another big one when the Tregertha Ginetta and the stuttered Porsche, the Class B car, came together entering Griffin's Bend, and that Ginetta was demolished. Yep, um, and let's let's be quite honest about that. The Porsche kept going because it used the Ginetta as a braking marker. Porsche received a five-minute murph for its trouble. Um, what did you think of five minutes? Uh, thought it wasn't harsh enough and also not sure he actually used the uh, trackside facilities to um, do a complete Murph. To do a complete Murph. No, there was no porta potty Interestingly, the that five-minute penalty for that incident at remarkably the same corner, turn two, mm. came an hour and a half or thereabouts after the one-minute penalty for uh, the Grove Porsche that gave the medical car a rub under safety car. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering whether the uh, race director 
was at the end of his rope by the time we got through to the Porsche penalty and went, you know what, you're having five minutes and everybody's going to know about it. Mm. And that might just tidy you lot up. Yeah, um, it, it was it was a very loose J, first J, four or five hours. J, J, JT, um, you've been much maligned on social media, but mm. uh, you and I go back more than 20 years and I think you did an outstanding job in very, very trying circumstances. So there you go, I've said it. I didn't know that um, folk rock musicians were also um, <laughs> officials in uh, Australian motor racing. Well, we're talking about the uh, the race director, thank you. Okay. So dreams and flying Oh, machines. please. More chaos uh, as the Daytona Coupe stopped at the cutting and once uh, all the stops shook out, it was a Jarmac Pem 1-2, uh, Winklehock over Vanderlind. Um, Vanderlind was on a charge. Yep. Uh, took the lead. But hit the wall at the dipper and uh, took himself out of contention, which wasn't a terribly good idea. So it was sort of a bit like uh, a, a race to eliminate yourself from the race. Yeah. So uh, Garth Tander was fairly supportive of his teammate upon uh, his return to the pits, mm. um, which was a good show by GT, and we're going we're gonna to have a chat about GT later in the program. More than likely, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, big turning point of the race, Warbster. Uh, third ball for third between the 18 uh, Stephen Kane Bentley, uh, Kevin Estray in the Craft Bamboo 911, mm-hmm. who was there or thereabouts all day, and Chaz, who was really out of the top 10 in the Schnitzer M6, got ugly, ugly when uh, Chaz got impatient. Look, he hit Estray on the run end down the hill um, between, uh, well, it's probably between 18 and 19, mm-hmm. which is that, that, that first little bit of straight before it becomes Conrad mm-hmm. at Bathurst Light Car Club. Got caught up behind a Class B Porsche, tagged a Bentley to avoid it, bounced him into the Dick, a little bit further down than the Dick, Dick Johnson, Johnson Memorial Wall. Um, the marshals at Flag Point 19 jumped, and I've having worked that point myself, uh, not much happens at Flag Point 19, but when it does, by geez, it's big. Estro escaped unharmed, but exit all three cars in the action that I, I can't explain why... Chaz has been racing GT last year overseas in, in Asia. Yep. That the kid's just got talent by the bucket load. All he needed to do was just have a half a deep breath mm. and wait 150 yards and there would have been a gap. The M6 was on song to the point that he could have not necessarily overtaken whenever he wanted, but he didn't have to be that impatient. Yep. I understand he wants to get up front. He wants to do all of that, possibly in a um, more... V8 supercars sprint race mentality, possibly not as used to traffic given um, the size of V8 fields these days. Yep, and and the fact that it's it's single class racing, so everybody's doing about the same speed. You don't have this massive speed differentiation across your categories. Mm. But after that, the uh, safety car. Uh, to, sorry, after that, the safety car picked up the broken bits of uh, that car or set of cars. Another yep. one. Number 15 was called when the Bend Lambo lost a wheel. It's con... Uh, lost a wheel. I'm just going to start the whole thing again. Yep, and I'll edit it out, except for the f- bit, and we'll leave it all in, because <laughs> it's funnier. <laughs> you want to have another go at that? No, I think I will, yeah. Go on. After that safety car to pick up broken bits of car, another one was called, number 15, when uh, the Bend Lambo lost a wheel on Conrod. It's okay, the Sheehan family can't afford another one. What, another racetrack or another wheel for a Lambo? Another wheel, another Lambo, another, another racetrack, racetrack. Another 500 petrol stations. Yeah. Another 12-hour another race. You know. yes. yeah. So, look, Audi was dominant um, with Winklehock in the Jarmic Pem car leading the Friends WRT version. 
Sadly, this soon ended after the leader ground to a halt at the cutting. Gearbox, we believe, ran out of drive, and yep. there was some wonderful in-car shots of him punching the wheel. I thought it was Todd Kelly back racing for a little while there. We just didn't hear the swear words. Mm. Uh, even worse, the mark of uh, Mike's nephew, Gary, lost yep. the wheel. What is it with cars losing wheels in this race? Yeah, probably four or five. And, and given that Ooh. they've got such a long time in the pits, I'm not really sure why, but that's... Uh, don't know. Now, so I could I could see Larry Perkins watching the coverage just going, put five studs on them. <laughs> yeah, damn this centre lock nonsense. Yeah. Probably um, probably Jack's just sit, sitting next to him trying to calm him down a yeah, bit. You absolutely. Know. Larry could get fired up when he felt like it. Alrighty. So a new name enters the picture up front. Uh, Frederick McAvicky in the Manthy Porsche. Uh, having struggled through practice with a team and drivers that had zero Bathurst experience, they really crept up to the front um, as a class team should. Um, uh, for those who aren't familiar with uh, Manthe, as I mentioned in the last episode of the Wolves to Cast, they are the official GTE team of Porsche, which is the GT category in the uh, World Endurance Championship. They've won the Nürburgring 24 hours enough times that you'd probably run out of fingers on a hand. Um, they're they're big time, and they've got tons of experience in endurance racing. Yep. Um, there was just way too much class in that car for it to be anywhere other than up the pointy end. Absolutely, and if the race had run to full distance, um, they would have been the first ones fueled to the end. So they they really uh, they've they've had uh, victory snatched from them um, because mm. the Audi wasn't going to make it on fuel. Yeah, uh, the Audi wasn't. Uh, the Habul Sun Energy Merc wasn't. Uh, the two, three portions in front of them weren't either. I mean, the ice brake car was marginal. Meanwhile, the Manthe Porsche yep. was on a time stop. They could go full noise to the end. Absolutely. Uh, the final answer, uh, the final hour saw Crompo wandering into garages, punching tickets to the last 30 laps. Well, 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 the last 60 minutes. Oh, the last 60 minutes. certain race. Okay, sorry. Wrong Bathurst yeah, race. Sorry. Yes. Um, as the usual flurry of strategy calls played out. Porsche were best placed with four cars in line um, should the race run to full time, but it didn't, as we've just said, and the WRT celebrated Audi's third win in the 12-hour. Despite hitting the medical car, Class B went Spinning to, everywhere. Went to yeah. the Grove Porsche. It was my tip. I yeah, tipped, you I tipped did them. Tip yes, you Pity I couldn't bet on them and make a quid. Class C went to the Boatworks M4. Which we both of, picked. We both picked of uh, of uh, the baby-faced assassin's son, mm-hmm. the only man to build his own world championship winning car's grandson. That's Matthew Brabham and Aaron Seaton for those playing at home. Yes, we're, we're getting cryptic here. Yep. And some bloke called Anthony Longhurst, who has now officially, allegedly officially retired from racing. Yes, uh, Tony Longhurst, uh, that was his last race. He announced it during the race mm-hmm. uh, to the Channel 7 cameras. Yep. Um, good way to go out. Yeah, absolutely. Probably, probably if I was being really movie script, I would have said he should have run the GT3 category, but no, he's no, done. The- he's decided it's over, and um, good luck to him. Yep. You know, you can say what you want about uh, about Tony Longhurst. He, he has uh, a fairly strong list of wins in all sorts of categories and all sorts of events um and including uh, the 12 hour in bathurst 
Yes, he may have been another Paul Morris in that he's old man had a hell of a lot of money, but um, I think he and Morris are a bit similar. They're both Queenslanders. Mm. They both have a fair bit of natural ability. And they've done a hell of a lot for the sport. And they've both been um, trained under the wing of Frank Gardner. Absolutely. Um, in fact, they were all in partners together in the uh, mid-90s in the BMW franchise. That was actually... Um, owned three ways between the three of them. Yep. And Class I, predictably, as we tipped, the uh, the Daytona sports cars, two ca- two entries, had reliability problems, uh, mm-hmm. Warbster. And the Mark II of Keith Kasulki, Rod Salmon and Will Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one that we picked. Another one that we picked. And, um, and really great to see Keith Kasulki uh, take a win um, following... Uh, a really, really terrible incident that we did touch on uh, a number of years ago where he came very close to losing his life. So mm, uh, mm. great to see Keith back racing again. I think another point to make about the um, Mark II winning, that's actually the only Mark II that survived unscathed. Mm. The other two um, had, well, one set itself on fire and the other one had an accident. Yep. So, um, again, endurance racing, got to, be, got to be in it to win it. Absolutely. And, um, Good, good show to anyone who made it through. Righto. So, the good, the meh, and the ugly. Good performances. Do you want to start with? Oh, look, good performances. Um, you can't take it away from the winners. Mm-hmm. Um, they were extremely... The, the, the two uh, first and second Audis, I think they, um, they, were, they were very good. I'm going to go with a good performance that's a meh performance as well. Uh, are you thinking what I'm thinking as regard to Chaz... Pre-accident and Chaz accident. Absolutely. Yeah, yep. that's what Could, I thought. Yep, I think Ch- I think Chaz was super fast. That car was was just on song. It was well engineered. It was running beautifully. Mm. It was the quickest thing out there. Mm. Uh, but my God, man, what were you thinking? Mm. Mm. Um, Which leads us into the mayor performances. Yeah, the mayor performances. We're going to go with. Vanderlind got offline, thought he could get away with it, didn't. Yep. Um, Again, bit of, that bit of was, a tough call, that. But. No, 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 no. I'll, I'll, I'll say that Vanderlind getting offline um, and hitting the wall, trying to pass a back marker at an absolutely wrong spot, getting into the dirty stuff mm. on the drop off uh, at Skyline, was no different to Chaz's lack of patience. All mm. he needed to do was wait another couple of hundred yards. Mm. He was down through four corners and he was round the elbow onto uh, onto Conrad Strait and he had he had a mile of uh, he mm. had a mile of road to pass him. Yeah. And um, the point is is that um, and I have to actually go backtrack to good performances. I'm gonna say um, the crew of the David Calvert Jones car, the icebreak car. Yep. Unbelievable in yep. the race. Um, Porsche really came alive um, when the race started in qualifying. Uh, you know, I've got enough imagination to wonder if they weren't just puttering around on race tyres. Yeah, and, getting mileage. And and again, they they proved that with so many safety, and everybody knew there was going to be at least at a half dozen, mm. maybe ten safety cars in the first uh, ten hours, mm. which was proven. You didn't need to be the pole sitter. You mm. were, the field was always going to come back to you, mm. and you and it's a strategy race around safety cars. And if, it, and if it runs green for a long time, you just bring them in and put juice in them when you need to. Mm. I think the thing is, when the Pro-Am cars aren't necessarily um, disadvantaged because it's almost, you see the pattern of the race, it's almost like, okay, you've got your gun driver in to get it through this first sort of half hour stint. Yep. Then you throw your AM driver in because the AM driver is going to spend a lot of time behind the safety car. So you don't lose that much time. And then virtually within four hours of the race start, you're a full professional car at that point. Yep. And Calvert Jones has come close to winning the race twice now. So yep, absolutely. They've got this they've got this stuff together. 
Um, so best crew you've talked about, Kelvin Jones. Um, I probably don't have a best crew. I wasn't able to watch it. I've I've seen bits of it on record, um, so I, I can't comment too I'm much actually, on that. I'm actually my best crew isn't actually the icebreak car. It's the Mante car. I thought you were going to say Channel 7 commentary team. They were pretty damn good, actually. Yeah, so where was Mike? Special mentions. <laughs> the, the commentary team. <laughs> no, Brocky's not, Brocky's not involved. Jeez Louise. <laughs> God. But anyway, yeah, special... That's a, that's a veiled reference to the touring cast, the... Uh, yes, the our the, other show. Our other show. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, best crew. I mean, you could probably give two or three crews that, but I'm just going to say the Mante Racing just because they came with zero experience. They didn't even know the place. Yep. And um, to come within, well, one accident of winning the whole thing outright on first attempt. Okay. So anyway, the uh, 12 hour, that's uh, it for another year. Um, a lot of new homologations coming in for next year. The Continental, the Nissan, the Aston. We've got NSX's uh, homologated. We've got Lexus's homologated. We've got all the usual cast from this year. It's going to be a cracker next year. It's going to be a cracker, and I think I might even be there next year, Warbster. Okay. So what are you going to do with live crosses for us, though? Oh, I possibly could. Not bad. Possibly could. We might. Yeah, we might need to work on. Might need to work on that. We might. We might go podcast live crosses. How would that be? Yeah. We could be a bit more like um, Midweek Motorsport. Midweek Motorsport Collective. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. So let's hit the news. We should actually add this in rather than doing the music. Yeah, we should. Yeah, we should. Yeah, leave it. In the news. In super news from Townsville. Hey, uh, Townsville? Townsville. Yeah. Yeah. What? The concert. Right. The most important part of the weekend, the concert. Townsville? Yeah. The main events of the concert have been announced. Right. Go on. Uh, the youthful North Queensland crowd will be entertained by two cutting edge, fresh faces on the music scene. Whispering Jack and the bloke from Sherbet. I'll let you in on a little secret. The podcast sound engineer mm-hmm. had an 18th birthday party at uh, at uh, DSO Manor mm-hmm. a couple of weekends the ago. D- the DSO Cottage. The DSO Cottage, I must admit. And uh, the bloke from Sherbet mm. is massive with the young folk. Spotify playlists, I reckon I heard horses about five times. And when you've got about 35 teenagers singing horses at the top of their voice, mm. you know that this bloke's having a career revival. So they're not just looking at old people. Okay. I think it's clever marketing, Warbster. All right, well, I could be completely wrong, but I think it's clever marketing. All right, well, if that's the way it's going to be, little darling. Oh, beautifully done. So, but John Farnham, seriously... It's the, Seriously? It's, the, it's the last time, but the next time I'm retired, but I'm not really retired. Just give up the pretense of being retired, John. We know you're not. God. You're not retired. Just unbelievable. And Welkinshaw Andretti United has changed team name to Mobile One Boost Mobile Racing. I think I got that wrong. Anyway, um, and they've changed uh, James Courtney's number from number 22 to number 25, DSO. Okay, why didn't they go to the Boost Handset Dealers team or the Mobile Hmm. Boost Handset Dealers team? Then it could have been the Mobile Boost HDT. I 
think they're trying to avoid references to HDT. A bit polarizing. A bit polarizing. Um, also, <laughs> uh, the, t- the number 25 is uh, to celebrate the 25th anniversary of John Crennan being desperate enough for sponsor dollars to take Brock in his delicious mobile money after Telecom pulled out. That was polarizing too. No, that was post polarizing. That was post polarizing. Chrono, have, have a listen to uh, have a listen to the touring cast, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, where we talk about the polarizer. And speaking of things you're probably not interested in, super utes DSO. Oh, super utes. Too. Mm. There's going to be ten next mm-hmm. weekend. We're recording this a week earlier, everybody, because it takes a while to edit all our mistakes out. Mm. Um, a whole week. <laughs> almost. Almost. Um, some of us have to work for a living, Robster, no, unlike you. That's true. Yeah. Uh, five makes five different makes ten entries that's uh, they've had two and a half years to get this sh- show on the road sh- thank you show <laughs> get this stuff right it's doing my head in it really and truly is doing my head in now for those playing at home the five makes there's three Toyota Hilux uh, two Mitsubishi Tritons one of which is driven by um, Dakar motorcyclist Toby Price two BT50 one Ranger, which is basically the BT-50 with a different nose on it. Mm-hmm. Two Holden Colorado. And they've got an Isuzu D-Max uh, coming for those who want to go their own way. Oh, very nice. Which is a Holden Colorado. Same factory, same everything, slightly different. Yeah. Anyway. Charlie Schwerkel's running one. Charlie Schwerkel's one. So, yeah, Charlie Forklift is uh, is going to run a 15-year-old cart kitty. Uh, Thomas Gasparak, I hope Thomas Gasparak. Um, he comes out of the Dude Junior Race Driver Factory in Queensland. Mm. Dude, put him in a Formula Ford. Mm. History shows that that's where your touring car champions come from. Mm. Not driving around an underpowered diesel ute. I wonder if they're going to do like a new version of um, a, a movie from the 90s with Paul Morrison, his uh, little junior driving equipment called Dude, Where's My Car? Oh. Um, moving on, a second lights test has taken place at Eastern Creek, aka Sydney Motorsport Park. Next to the tip where, where it, it smells. stinks, thank you very much, with the focus on improving the throw of lights. Don't you mean the glow of lights? No, the throw as in the, the distance of the... Oh, right. Okay. You know, because they've got to get the um, external parts of the racing surface, perhaps, marshal posts, all that sort of perhaps they could. Um, perhaps they could collect the methane from the tip next door and power a generator to run the lights. I hope they're using energy savers. Well, we, the price of electricity... Lucky they're not race, trying to race in Victoria. Oh, there'd be a brand out. There'd be a, there'd be a blackout or you'd power would go out mid-race. Hmm. That'd and, make things interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, a third, a third light test to be held in the next couple of months. That's for the uh, T20 single-day... Supercar under lights at Sydney Motorsport Park. In, sponsored by Red Rooster. Sponsored by Red Rooster in July where nobody will go. Yes, but you won't be able to see them because they're only lighting the track and the surrounds, not the grandstands. That Was that your doing last year, Warpster? Shh. Another stroke of brilliance. Alrighty. Speaking of Sydney Motorsport Sydney Park. Sydney Motorsport Park. The official, unofficial, compulsory, non-compulsory main series test day. Mm-hmm. Uh, saw a number of things we've uh, we've touched on at the start of the show the uh, car to car contact between 
our mate Shane Don't Call Me Gizzy Van Gisbergen and Jonathan Webb, who jumped into the techno car for a bit of a steer, as is his want. And then he, jumped given, it. Given he owns it. And, and then jumped it. Um, and then jumped, and then wandered down the pit lane into the T8 garage, which, jumped it. which actually isn't that and far away from the techno garage, and had a bit of a push and shove. Now, um, between, I, I, between that and um, Burjo coming back to, uh, to, techno. Tri- to, to techno, the Triple Eight affiliate... How awkward is that garage going to be between the lounge crew and the techno crew? I did mention on uh, on the podcast DSA Facebook page, so everybody that uh, isn't aware, Warbster just said I needed a Facebook page to uh, to mm-hmm. compliment Supercar Insiders. Yep. So www.facebook.com backslash podcast DSO. And uh, Facebook.com backslash Supercar Insiders. <laughs> it's not a competition. We're in this together. Uh, of, course, of course it is because I'm kicking your ass. Oh, yeah, please. Uh, so please like my page. Please like me. Please like me. Um, as we did say, uh, as we did say on the uh, on the page, it took some fairly serious stones, and I don't mean Stone Brothers Racing by Webby, to even venture into the T8 garage um, with a bit of steam coming out of his ears, because he's just as likely to get hit in the back of the head by a headset. Because um, if anyone knows how to throw headsets, it's T8. <laughs> Meanwhile, um, further, slightly further so, down pit lane. Right, well, Scotty, uh, Scotty Mack had Scotty a crash. Welcome, had uh, a crash. Scotty Mack had a crash. Using a, using a 2017 spec tyre. Well, that was a good start. Yeah, very good start. Uh, had a tyre go flat on him and uh, had a fairly substantial off at one, which is where you don't want to lose your steering. Mm-hmm. And uh, DJR Team Penske. Uh, needless to say, they, uh, they felt as deflated as the tyre was post-crash because yes. they've just built this brand new car and uh, it's uh, three kinds dinged up. Speaking of uh, Matt Stone Racing, here's a segue for us, Warbster. Oh, well done, well done. Yeah. Queensland Raceway earlier in the week? Next to Ipswich, where it stinks. No, it doesn't stink that much at Ipswich. Okay, fair enough. Not at Queensland Raceway, anyway. Mm. Um, So, yeah, open test, open track day or open test day. uh, Matt Stone was there, had his car, had his Super 2 cars, and uh, his his, uh, main game sponsor and uh, TCM racer. Jason Gomesall had two team cars, had a bit of a coming together, I believe, Warbster. Yes, um... Kurt Kostecki ran into him at um, the paperclip and admitted responsibility. Has been quiet since, offering uh, no comment to reporters, which is uh, code for I did something a bit stupid and I don't really want to talk about it. Yeah, it it was reported that um, Kurt had taken the shortcut between three and five um, and made made his way back out in the track with Gomesal on a hot lap and left Gomesal with nowhere to go. Uh, which in turn leaves Matt Stone nowhere to go with two cars needing to be uh, quickly repaired before Adelaide. Don't think Matt Stone would be fairly impressed at that one. I uh, don't think anyone would be. Heard another little whisper about Matt Stone, Warbster, that um, he's a bit of a hard taskmaster. Mm. He, uh, with um, allegedly uh, words muttered in uh, in the garage when you come back in after a race or qualifying or practice, um, I've given you the best car in the field. Um, is the car faster than you? Mm. Words to that effect. Yeah, not one of those things you say to uh, drivers if you want them to be confident. But least, least of all when they're opening their wallet to pay you to provide and fettle their race car, irrespective mm. of whether it's the best car in the field or not. Mm. Alrighty, so Roland Dane in the mm. news again this week. Our old mate. 
Yes, he's um, calm about the future despite the logjam of contracts running out at the end of 2019, specifically all three of the current drivers, well, Holden, let- Red Bull... And Autobahn. So let, let's just put a pause on Roland for a second. I, mm. I, I think there are a lot of drivers coming out of contract at the end of 19. Uh, both Penske drivers. Both starters. Penske drivers for a start. Chaz. Chaz. Um, I can't imagine that a lot of the young guys are going to be on anything longer than a two-year deal. I think Davey Reynolds um, won't ever have to worry about coming out of contract ever again. He'll retire at Erebus. Or, oh, yes. Um, I think... Um, I think um, I think uh, I think Auntie Betty's Auntie Betty to to Dave. G'day, Dave. Please re- 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 just will you answer my Facebook messages, Stalker. brother? Stalker I'm not alert. a stalker at Stalker all. Alert. I just I just got this bromance happening. I'm telling you. Actually, I think probably if you were taking somebody for the future, um, Dave's a good driver. He's a driver for right now, though. I think if you're taking somebody out of Erebus, you'd be taking um, Anton De Pasquale if he works out to be half as good as he should be. Yeah. And speaking of uh, and speaking of the the sausage factory in terms of um, producing race drivers like you know rinse repeat uh, cycle another one rinse repeat cycle another young driver it's not a sausage fest the Adley Ann. You beat me to Gary Rogers, didn't you? <laughs> um, I wonder where Bieber's contract sits. He imagine if Bieber does well in the next two years and uh, and mm. and comes out of contract at the end of nineteen. So so um, Roland's going to have a, a fair bit to uh, to work with. I think probably twenty nineteen. I could see Lance becoming a um, enduro driver only. Win Cup, hard to say. SVG, I think he'll hang on to because I don't think um, Van Gisbergen is going to have anywhere better to go. And if he doesn't re-sign SVG, he'll get someone of equivalent value. Anyway, enough of the speculation. Joining us, we've actually got a guest on the show for once, DSO, is uh, the Grand Design star himself, our very own Roland. Hello, Warbster. Thanks very much for inviting me on this podcast. I uh, I did enjoy that little bit of stuff we did last year. Um, what are you trying to say about my free drivers? Well, your free drivers are all off contract in 2019. Well, I'm, I'm publicly on the record as saying that uh, that Jamie ain't hard enough. Mm. Um, I've had a bit of a rethink about this, this other bloke. Um, I know he's hardcore, and if I was doing a bank job, uh, I'd have SVG any day of the week, but he's a bit tough on machinery, you know what I'm saying? Mm. He's, well, he's starting to cost me a fair bit of money in panel beat. I mean, uh, I can't... I need you. I'm. I'm not quite up with the the, the long term history of the sport and everything. But did Tony Longhurst teach him how to run into people? Quite possibly, yeah. Um, well, you've had some uh, up close experience with uh, Scotty McLaughlin after the uh, twelve hour weekend. What's your impressions of uh, Scotty Mac? He's the brightest star in the field. Ooh, I wouldn't be saying that too he's loudly. A, he's, he's the brightest star in the field. I can tell you right now. Hmm. My checkbook will have his name on it for 2020. And you'll have more zeros than went through the uh, the LDM cars last year, I think, on the end of that uh, number, mate. I, I can tell you right now, Scotty will be driving for me. Mm. He'll be driving... If he's not driving Jamie's car, if I don't give Jamie the arse, he'll be driving Craig's car. He'll have a fair income race car under him. And I can tell you right now, that, that, that Frenchman... I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get back. I'm gonna get you, Ludo. I will have my final word on you. Don't get me started. You'll push. I nearly said a swear word, Warbs. You'll, you'll push, push, push him into the yeah. Uh, I'll push, the push him. Off, I'll push, push him off the bloody apron in front of a car. I tell you right now. Right. So, um, what about what about Chaz Mostert? What's your uh, take on him? 
Oh, he's a bit loose. He's fast. Hmm. He's fast but loose, you know. Hmm. But as I said with a Casey Stoner and and you know a lot of others, you, you can't teach fast, hmm. but but you can teach, but you can teach not to crash. Yes. So you know, I think. Um, I mean, but the problem is if I took Chaz instead of Scotty Mack hmm. over it, panel beating over it. Indeed. Right? Indeed. Then I'd have two crash. And I have two crash magnets in my team, mm-hmm. right? And they no one to finish a bloody race because they'd be too busy running into people. Mm. So I'd take that Bieber kid. I think he's got potential. Right. That Gary Rogers. Like, where did Jamie come from? Hey? Who found Jamie? Gary Rogers? Yeah. So why wouldn't I go and steal his other young protege? What about um, Anton De Pasquale? What about David Reynolds? Look... I like Dave. I like Dave. He's a funny lad. Um, he uh, he's a bit wicked, you know, a bit cheeky. Um, you know, reminds me a bit of myself when I was a young fella. But uh, no, no, I, I don't think. Uh, I don't think. I think he's locked in. This Steve Pasquale kid um, had a bit of a drive in Europe, driven open wheelers. You know, um, apparently brilliant with the engineers. Feedback's absolutely sensational. So. Um, uh, as long as Dutto doesn't chuck a headset at him, um, he could he could be in the mix as well. So, are we thinking re-signing Holden, or are we going to another manufacturer? I don't particularly give a shit who I sign. Whoever gives me the most money to have their car brand on my cars, mm. that's where I'm going. So, basically, you're trying to hogs to the money. This, what did you say last year? Motorsports not a meritocracy. Indeed. So you go where the cash is. And when you got the most cash, you win the most titles. And as I said to you last year, no one's won more titles than me. Don't ever forget. Righto. Um, so anyway, thank you for uh, joining us, Roland. And I believe you'll be uh, joining us again at some point for your new series, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Tyres. Yeah, only if the check clears. Only if the check clears. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to have to sell some billboards for that. Thank you very much, Roland. So we need to go safety car boards and flags, safety car boards and flags, safety car boards and flags. We've been shearing sheep, we've been mustering stock, we've been culling out roots. Get out, nugget. Yeah, yeah. Good, mate. I saw your new Ute out the front. Oh, yeah, mate. They're nearly as good as the new Super Ute series. What's the Super Ute series? It's like regular Utes, but on a track. Is that like with the supercar racing stuff? That's the one, yeah. Mate, have they got any Hiluxes? Yeah. Yeah? What about, um... What about Holden, Colorado? Yeah, they got them. Yeah. What about, what about like your BT50, though? Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah, they got them. They're racing them? Yep. So... Are they going to sound like V8s? Nah. They're going to sound like diesel. Are they going to blow black smoke? Probably if they blow up. Right. And they reckon people will pay money to come and see these? Oh yeah, I reckon, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to turn up Lee Kearney and they sound boring. And we're all in the shout. We're the boys from the bush and we're back in town. We get high when the sun goes down. The super utes. Please care about them. (laughs) 
and uh, welcome back to the eighth episode of the Warpster Cast. And uh, we've got a new little segment coming up for the uh, new year. Given Do we? the uh, well, it's your segment. Is the, it? The, Shit! I've got uh, my own segment, everybody. <laughs> yes, I'm well, you, I'm moving up segment. in the world. I'm moving not, up in the world. I might yeah. not be a minion anymore. I might be. Um, mm-hmm. I might be of equal standing one day in the next century. Well, given the uh, podcast DSO uh, page and like, the type of content you're putting up there, one of which is the uh, social media watch area of the world. Mm, absolutely. Um, which is part of your um, remit as social media DSO as well as podcast DSO. Thank you. We've got social media watch. DSO, I'm aware you've got plenty to say, so the floor is yours. Thanks, Warbster. Hi, everybody. I'm going to tee off again. I'm going to tee off about the Dubbo Hill Climb and social media. So, what everybody needs to understand right now is I'm going to offer a personal opinion. I'm not going to publicly criticise. I'm going to offer my personal opinion, which is what I recommend a lot of people need to start thinking about when the trolls start attacking race officials' behaviours and actions. We saw it at Newcastle and we thought the world was going to end. And then we saw it again at the Dubbo Hill Climb. And we'll go through some of those particulars in a minute. So let's talk about the Morris fire. Firstly, Paul Morris gets a big pat on the back from me for two things. Number one, lots of years experience absolutely knew what had gone wrong the car had blown something it was oil line as as it appeared and we were since told it was on fire in a big way he aimed for and stopped at a flag marshal point not a sector point a flag marshal point at a flag marshal point there are flag marshals and communications marshals there are also fire extinguishers So for all of you people out there in social media land who want to say that everybody should be fully trained and everybody should be paid and everybody on a flag or on a point should be wearing fireproof clothing, well, the answer to you quite simply is no. And the answer is no because you've got no idea what you're talking about. So right now I want to say to my fellow officials, please, I'm pleading with you as a social media DSO, don't reply. Don't feed the trolls. If they're coming back saying crap that you know is 100% incorrect, they've got no idea, you'll shut them down better by not saying a word. I think the thing to remember is is that people are going to say uninformed things on the internet. I mean, just go to any political post at all, ever. Yep. Um, And the point is, is that some people don't want to be contradicted. Some people don't want to be wrong. Some people are quite happy arguing for hours and hours on end, and that's assuming they're not doing it on purpose. So there's a really great meme floating around that says um, arguing with people on the internet is like playing chess with a pigeon because the pigeon's eventually going to strut around the board, kick all your pieces over, crap in the corner, and still think that it won. Hmm. That's social media trolls. They don't care whether they're right or wrong. They've got under your fingernails and then they're happy. So my second big one to Paul Morris is for coming out after some contact was made via Facebook personal messages or uh, from another through Messenger from a number of officials. 
Paul came out, posted some photos, and absolutely defended the actions of the flag marshal, who did a really, really good job of suppressing the fire from growing. No, the fire wasn't put out, but they didn't lose the car. So that flag marshal did an outstanding job acting behind the first line of defence, which is the first rule. We've said it before in social media situations that as, as officials who go trackside, and especially if we've done fire training as I have, your priorities are the driver. No, your priorities are yourself. The officials around you, the driver, and if the driver's out, then it's just a car. Mm. If it's on fire, you don't put yourself at risk to put a fire out. Now, I, I'm no expert, but if I'm wearing a polyester shirt and a hat and that's it, and I'm not under the situation where I can safely go onto the track, I'm not going onto the track. I'm sure as hell not going anywhere near something that's on fire because clearly under the rules as I understand them, you're not supposed to do that. Are you going to go onto a live racetrack? Absolutely not. Well, I would, but that's me because I'm loose and, and I'm experienced. And typically, if you're a senior, you get that you you know you have the levels of permission. Just can I just roll back? Hmm. You're not wearing pants. You said you got a polyester shirt and a hat on. If I see you at a racetrack not wearing pants, I'll be really really upset. Enough of this frivolity. Let's get back to Somi Watch. It's really really clear, people. Dickheads on the internet love being dickheads. They thrive on it. So. Paul Morris, absolute big ups to you for posting your post on your page, defending the official for doing the right thing. Mm. One thing I do want to talk about... There's one thing I'd like to jump in with. Dickheads with podcasts like being dickheads as well. Yeah, look at us. All you got to do is buy a microphone and uh, and get some free space on Podbean. And hey, anybody can, anybody can get their 15 minutes of fame. I think we're up to seconds. Sometime. Okay. What I will say in terms of observation... The fire unit arrived fairly promptly. Um, it was more than likely parked um, up at 19 at the light car club where it typically sits. The guys pulled up. The ute provided first line of defence. Then the ute moved at the back of the car. Then the ute moved to the front of the car. I'm not quite sure why that happened. Uh, again, I'm not criticising the crew because I don't know all the details. I possibly would have done things differently, but that's how it goes. So that's the Morris incident. Let's roll to the end of the race and all of the conjecture about the crash that ended the race and whether or not there were a yellow flag being shown. Um, There's been a There is a prominent social media motorsport critic. Uh, It's not um, Gary's uncle, is it? It might be Gary's uncle, Mike. Okay. Uh, Gary's uncle, Mike, if you do happen to listen to the podcast... Maybe it's time to just let it go a little bit. And if you find out who I really am and you unfriend me, well, that's okay. I won't miss it. You can call up all sorts of previous incidents. You can do all sorts of things. We can put lights up. What has to happen? And, and there's call, all sorts of calls about, you know, marshals not getting the flags and marshals being inexperienced and marshals this and marshals that. I'll reiterate what I said at the end of the Newcastle uh, episode. Get off your ass. Go and join an officials organisation and volunteer trackside. And that's the end of my rant, Warbster. I think the other thing to note with um, anything to do with this is it's really easy to be an expert in hindsight when you've seen all the slow motion replays and you know what's going to happen and all of that. You have to make a split second decision at any given time. Bathurst isn't the safest place in the world. Never has been. Anything big that happens up the top is basically on a blind corner. 
you're always going to have the possibility of incident. At the end of the day, there's that thing on the back of the ticket that says motor racing is dangerous, and we can never forget that. What's interesting is there's been some uh, <clears throat> some suggestion that maybe um, you know a yellow light system that's activated by race control that turns on on the dashboards of the cars, or something should uh, you know could could be put in place, or race control activates yellow lights. There was nine or ten seconds um, between. Um, the spin and the impact, that's not enough time to get yellow lights out. So you can't ever diminish the role of your trackside marshal, whether they wave a flag or push a button for a, a light on their point. What I will say is, with regard to race control activated yellow lights for supercars, if you see it by the end of the year, you heard it first here. That's Interesting. A that's a scoop. Warbs up. Okay, very good. Uh, breaking the big news here, so all five of our listeners will be uh, more informed than everyone else. I just hope the bloke developing it doesn't listen because you'll ring me tomorrow and go, oh my God. Speaking of oh my God. Adelaide. Adelaide. We're back into the season again. Oh, oh It's been a long summer break, hasn't it, so. I tell you, those, um, in recording the touring cast has been fun. What's going to go wrong at Adelaide that the social media warriors, keyboard warriors, will be able to complain about? Turn eight. Dehydration? Dehydra- oh, dehydration. Oh, dehydration. The Audis. The Audis. The Audi race. Mm. Here's one for you. How many sets of cam stewards are rostered to work at Adelaide? Uh, I don't know. Not enough. Four separate sets of stewards. Mm. Supercars, support events, Super 2, and the Audis get their own set of stewards. That's a lot of people. I think they think that there'll be a lot of work for these four, for the four separate panels. No, that, that's 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 true. Actually, I thought you were going to say how many cams officials does it take to change a light bulb, but we're not that nasty, are we? Oh God, I want to say something. <laughs> Don't you get yourself in trouble? Yeah, my mates at cams. I was there the other night. Were you? Yeah. I just say hi to Eugene. Oh, I didn't see Eugene. There was actually there was a meeting on. I was knocking on the door, and they were all yelling at <laughs> off. You're not welcome here. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Adelaide. Yeah. Enough not to You're not the wolves to go away. Um, anyway, not, I'm not the Messiah. I'm just a very naughty boy. <laughs> anyway, we're uh, at the Adelaide Adelaide 500, the race formerly known as the Clipsal 500, at the Adelaide Parkland Circuit, the traditional season opener for geez, a good most of, all of this century, just about. Yep. So anyway, we've got to get to the important bit first: mm. the concerts. Jesus Christ. Okay. Friday night. Uh, Casey Chambers is uh, telling us all that she's not pretty enough and cold chisel. Bazzy! Look, I'm not big on the whole facial piercing things. If she took the facial piercings out, maybe that thing through the, like, the bottom of her lip, maybe she might be pretty enough. Hmm. She made a lot of money out of singing, just hmm. not the kind of songs I'm interested in. Yeah, it's not really your... Um, very country. Mm. Very country. And uh, cold... let, Well, hang on. They reckon that when you fly to Adelaide, you set your clock 20 years and a half an hour back. So maybe that's why Cold Chisel, they could still be the top of the charts. Cold Chisel might still be like selling. That might be their biggest uh, their, their biggest uh, album sales ever. <laughs> they must still uh, be there on uh, Saturday night because the uh, last plane out of Sydney is almost gone. Mm, very mm. good. And if you've ever tried to fly out of Adelaide after a race meeting, you know you need to get on a plane by nine o'clock. That's another story. Uh, Saturday, 
Uh, reasonably modern, Birds of Tokyo. Yeah, well, they've peaked and troughed and released another album. Just le- I, I don't mind Birds of Tokyo. Got a good hmm. sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty yeah. cool. And I, Live. I thought it was Live. No, like, you know the bald guy who talks about dolphins crying? Oh, the bloke that threw copper? Yeah, that's the one, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah. Better than throwing punches. Mm. Oh, that's a New Zealand thing. That's a New Zealand thing, yeah. Oh, I don't know I don't know about throwing coppers. They probably don't appreciate it. No. Mm. Robbie Williams. On the Sunday, Robbie Williams. You know the one thing that got him over the line? I have this on good advice. You don't know this anymore because you're not connected at Supercar headquarters. Mm-hmm. The concert booking agent mm-hmm. said to Supercars, on Sunday night, mm-hmm. let me entertain you. Oh, geez. Wasn't worth the wait, was it? I thought you were <laughs> a better man than that. Do you know what? Just like the Wiggles, I'm doing it for the kids. Jeez. Now, interesting to note, uh, unlike last year, where um, this particular individual played just about every concert going, no Delta this year. Warbster. Mm-hmm. I hear mm-hmm. that the once darling diva of supercars mm-hmm. has been snapped up by to become the new musical face of APN outdoor billboards. Mm-hmm. You've stolen Delta from supercars, haven't you? Uh, no, there weren't any Lanciers in the car park. Or the garages. A big congratulations to the three people that got that. What about, what about your basement? <laughs> oh, okay, this is, this is getting creepy. Let's this just move is... on. <laughs> uh, let's, let's actually... Like, get to... off Stuart reference next. <laughs> Alrighty, so we've done the news. We've done we've done the news. We've done we've, the news. We've done some bad jokes. Let's get some, into some racing. Some bad jokes. All right, let's I'm, get into I'm going to throw. I've, I've been through your old website. Yep, yep, yep. I'm going to throw you some news snippets, old right. single one-liners. Yes, I'll read them to you. Yes, come back to me with a response. Preferably not a horrible joke. And if you and, uh, and if you haven't, if if you've made me laugh, I might not get a chance to come back with a reply. But if you haven't, Fair so enough. all right. Simona de Silvestro quote. I know I can be competitive. Yeah, Simona was never the problem there. Yeah. Uh, Team Nissan, do we need to sing it to you? Done Go it. faster. Go faster. Uh, David Reynolds sets sights on championship top five. As opposed to DSO, who sets his sights on stalking David Reynolds. Oh, please. Listen, he hasn't unfriended me yet. Maybe that's the account that he doesn't use. Maybe he's just keeping an eye on you just in case. Yeah. Hmm. Steph, I need you to get me in contact with Davey. Look, if I had to choose between you and Tahan, I'd pick Tahan as well. Yeah, so would I. Mm. I wouldn't even know. GRM arrives at Z- ZB Splitter Solution for Adelaide. What? Don't damage them. Uh, don't let them break. That's a good idea. Um, mm. There's been more splitter problems this year than Monty Python had in the life of Brian. Mm. People's front of Judea. Yeah, yeah. I told you I was going to do that. What about what about the popular people's front of Judea? What you mean him? Loretta, I want to have babies. How, how relevant is that movie now with all this gender stuff? Let's not go there. All right, Alex Day. Well, blessed are the meek. Oh, that's good. They haven't got much. No, the Greek. Oh, I thought it was a meek. Oh, never mind. Davison preparing for 23 Red Racing debut. Yep, say up the back, Dover. Mm. Mm. How come they're okay? Turn seven to race control. There are two car 23s in the field. Actually, no, they've, they've mitigated that. It's 230 now. Race control, turn seven. 
Disregard. <sighs> and our old mate, who we thrived off all of last year's episodes, Jason Bright. Oh, Brighty. Brighty, yeah. assessing mm. his supercar co-driver options. Yeah, I'd be giving him one. Yeah, mm. except it seems like all the really good ones mm. uh, are already been filled. Uh, yes, the last piece of the puzzle was uh, filled recently when the Ageless Veteran uh, returns to uh, Erebus. Mm, absolutely, yep. Mm. yep. Luke Yildon's uh, partnering um, the, the man who, uh, I'm not allowed to mention his name because of the intervention order. <laughs> Well, that might be next anyway. week. That might be next episode's joke. Getting getting back to um, getting off the ageless veterans, let's talk about the rookies, DSO. The rookies. Mm. Uh, you me... did it all for the rookie. Yeah, Come on, I, did, the rookie. I did it all. Come for on, the, did it all for the kids. So right, you can take so that rookie. Hardly call them rookies. They're full-time series rookies, which is just a bit silly. Um, yeah, Stanaway's a little bit overqualified to be a rookie in any description. Yep. So let's go through them one by one. Okay. Um, Anton Di Pasquale International moves series? into moves into uh, uh, the ex, Erebus seat. The, the ninety nine X X Dale Wood Erebus car. Yeah. Look, uh, international open wheel experience. Um, the dude is uh, has run him for two years in Super Two, and I think there might be a bit of dude or dude's dad dollars um, helping Anton there, but he will be driving the Bathurst 2017 Bathurst winning car. So you'd hardly say that was a crap box. So, so Dave gets the new car, Anton gets the one that's 12 months old, um, that's still the quickest car and quickest supercar around Bathurst. Hmm. I think I think Anton will do pretty well. He knows his way around the track. He was a Formula Ford champion. He's raced locally. He apparently works really, really well with the engineers, hmm. um, and that comes from his open wheel and especially wings and slicks experience. I think actually, I'm I'm going to pick Anton to be the best of the genuine rookies. Yep, yep. Um, I'd say that of the genuine rookies, I'd say that uh, that Bieber, James Golding, has possibly got the best car. Um, a toss up between he and Anton, but hmm. I think. Um, I think uh, coming out of the race driver sausage factory at, uh, at GRM, um, I think Bieber is going to do really well. He's had some sensational tutoring from Garth mm-hmm. and mentoring from Garth. Hi, Gar- Gar- Hi Garth, if you're out there, the Warbster apologises for his joke about you being the third fastest in the family. Um, actually, I mean, I think Bieber's got the advantage of Gary Rogers knows what he's doing with young kids. Yep. He's been doing it since, well, since Garth was a young kid. Yep. And that was a good 20 years ago now. He's got all the tools there. There's not going to be expectation on him because he's very much the number two. Garth's going to be the um, one that's sort of the designated results guy, if you like. Yep. Let's um, hope he doesn't fall into the uh, into the curse of the second GRM car because we know that, um, you know, last year uh, Moff struggled. We know that uh, Moff struggled previously. They struggled to anyone that was a teammate to Scotty struggled. Mm. Um, Admittedly, Robert Dahlgren was the land of the slaughter, though. Yeah, there was a bit of that. All right, Todd Hazelwood. Mentioned him earlier in the Matty Stone car. Uh, reigning Super 2 champion, which accounts for a lot these days. It's a known car. It's the ex-McLaughlin-Shelpensky um, car. Yep. So the one that came close to nearly winning a championship last year. Hazelwood, I'm going to say don't expect too much out of Hazelwood just because, okay, Matt Stone is a Stone family member. 
he's got the experience of his um, uncle and his um, father behind him, but it's still a new team to the main game. Hazelwood's new to the main game. It's, it's going to be a tough year, I think. Look, one might say they'll struggle with a lack of data, but I'm pretty sure that they will be paying for data and set up details on, the, on that um, Penske car guaranteed. The issue is going to be that they're one out. They're, a, they're a, essentially a one out single car team mm. um, with no real direct links. I mean, Techno have a very, very close uh, part, um, technical and partnership alliance with T8. Mm-hmm. Um, Gary's one out, but they're just they're one out of the box, mm. for, you know, for, to put it that way. I think Todd might struggle this year. Um, he's mm. certainly got the intestinal fortitude to, to, to get out of that. Um, that car at Sandown last year after that massive crash, jump in the Super 2 car and mm. finish on the podium shows that um, the kid's tough and resilient. Yeah, I remember saying that um, on in episode one, our debut episode, uh, back in the day. Mm. Uh, very much so. Um, speaking of single car teams, you just mentioned yep. uh, Techno, Jack LeBrock. Jack LeBrock. Got Roland's old mate, Burjo, as his, uh, as his team manager. Um, there's certainly some smarts in the, in the Webb family-run Techno team. And... Um, Depending on the dollars, well that that'll be the other thing. It's um, no matter what, you can't go fast if you haven't got a budget. Mm. And uh, but I think Jack's got a hell of a lot of raw talent. And um, mm. for mine, um, you know, it's it'll be interesting to see what what we might need to do, Warbs, to halfway through the season. Mm. Let's mm. do a let's do a mid year report card on the on the on the kids, so to speak. Yeah, the um, I mean, LeBrock's got all the tools there. He came. He was the um, recipient of the worst luck not winning the Super 2 Championship himself last year Yep. Um, and sort of getting the Matt White Nissan as far up as it, it did was probably a good sign that he's, he's got some talent there well he drove <coughs> the Matt White Nissan faster than some of the factory Nissans yes Yes, we'll mention Andre 3000 in a few minutes. Mm. Um, finally, the the last of the rookies, quote-unquote, and this he really shouldn't be considered a rookie, I don't think, Richie Stanaway. Yeah, so Richie Stanaway, um, driving for Tickford Racing. Yep, the new um, newly branded Pro Drive Racing Australia, and now Tickford uh, Racing. Yep. Proven winner, international experience, older than the other four. Yep, realistically... You'd put him in the top 10 in terms of his overall race experience, mm. the top 10 of the field. Absolutely. Uh, with what he's done overseas. I think... Um, he's already got a Sandown 500 under his belt, so yeah, look, I, prove I think, it. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him win races. He's certainly going to have the car underneath him. Wouldn't uh, save him for a championship just yet because no. uh, he doesn't know which way the tracks go. No. So I think you've sort of got to temper that hype a little bit. Yep. But I think he'll be challenging Chaz when he knows what he's, what he's about track-wise. Yep. And once he's got all the learning under his belt, watch out for him in the Enduros because he'll be back on tracks that he actually knows. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the Rookies Warbster. 202, 250K races. Absolutely demanding. Um, weather forecast at the moment sees a high 20s with a chance of rain for Friday, whereas mm. this is Saturday the week before we're recording. I'm not, not afraid to timestamp it. It can do one or two things. It can be absolutely rancid, stinking hot, mm. or it can rain and uh, and make life hard for everybody. It's a street circuit, and they get slippery when it rains. Absolutely. Slipperier than Calder Park. 
So let's, rather than do a um, blood by blood review of who we think is going to actually win the race, we're going to do um, a little bit of work in terms of straight drivers to look out for. Who do we think is going to leap up the field this year? You want to kick it off? I'm going to kick it off. I think that um, Andre 3000 will be the best of the Nissans. Wow, big call. Andre Heimgartner. Try saying that when you're drunk. Um, I think that his oh. his form in his form in New Zealand has been um, pretty spectacular. He's actually I think he's won the New Zealand Touring Car Championship this year. Um, so he's got a he's got race mileage under his belt. Um, new what ra- about you? New role, new race. Let's just talk about this and briefly um, without kicking the hell out of the Kellys. Um, again? No, no, no. We went until they until uh, they they don't perform, then we won't kick them. Mm. New race engineer. Our new, uh, sorry, new technical director. I can mm-hmm. edit that mumbling out. Yep, go a, for it. A new technical director and uh, a reinvigorated Simona. You've got uh, Andre who just came off the bench and did so well in the uh, Enduros last year. Absolutely. Did really, really well as a, as a last-minute replacement for Ash Walsh. And um, I think there's going to be some pressure put on Caruso, which he probably hasn't had up until now. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, with Simona refreshed, hopefully with a new race engineer, someone that listens to her to set the car up the way she needs it. A new tech director, she knows her way around. She should be fast. Uh, Andre should be fast. I'd like to see collectively them lift because one of the headlines, that snip, new snippet headline that we didn't touch on was uh, 2018 performance. Uh, and Nissan future hinges on 2018 performance. Hmm. Well, the sort of between you and I, we both went in all duh. Um, there ain't going to be no more money if um, you don't get no results. Exactly. So, who, who, are you, who are you sort of thinking you want to look out for as the, the, the top person that you want to look out for? Uh, I, I think, <laughs> it's going to sound ridiculous, I think David Reynolds is only going to get faster, mm-hmm. um, which is good. And I, I think that um, Richie Stanaway is going to be one of the ones to watch. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, He's actually my number two. I think that yep. um, if he gets his head around um, the setup for the bumpy straight circuit, he should be right there. The other one that I'm going to say, and this is going to be completely left field, Holdsworth, Team Forklift. Mm. Straight circuit specialist. Yep. Did really well in the straight circuits last year. Yep. Um, had... A bit of trouble on the permanent tracks, but every time it sort of got a bit bumpy and a bit um, less than ideal, they were right there. Yeah, which which leads to other issues if they can't get the car sorted consistently. Mm. My bloke for Adelaide, mm. my, my, my third dark horse, that, that old bloke down Gary Rogers' way. Uh, my mate GT. Your mate GT. I think mm. your mate GT, with a bit of holiday time under his belt, mm. he uh, he could really do something. Mm. Plus, from what I can gather in the um, Tander household, the slowest driver actually has to take the garbage out. Yes. I'm just pouring petrol on this fire, uh, aren't I? I'll say, I'll say hello to the unit. No, I can't say that. Um, right, so it's a new year. There are new sponsors. There's new liveries. There's new drivers. There's new drivers. They're all fresh and new and clean. Mm. Come on, Warbster, let's do the... Top the three best and three worst liveries that we've seen so far. Yes, uh, unfortunately, PRA is um, leaving a couple of their liveries till desperately late, like usual. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but most of them are out there. So, um, best three, DSO. Best three. I like the new D- GRM design. It's really yep. clean. Yep. Um, just nice, nice work with the colours. Uh, really, really clean. I think uh, Slade Dogs. 
uh, new Freightliner jigger painted up in yellow and black looks really good as does Stax Stax has had a paint, coat of paint so Stax is in uh, the identical yellow and black they, those, use, they use stacks of paint those used absolutely used just stacks of overtime hours at Peacock last year they drank lots of monster energy drink apparently according to the ad in the last touring cast yeah, um, Wodonga Wodonga based hospital copped a few um, heart attacks though I'll tell you what and uh I think in terms of really clean and neat design, I think Simona's car looks really good. Mm -hmm. I'd also like to add that Nick Perkett's three best liveries are going to be Adelaide, Simmons, Plains and Winton, even though we haven't seen we haven't seen two of those three. Yes, yes. Well, uh, it'll be interesting to see if uh, Perkett manages to get to 13 again this year. And um, well, before you jump in, I'll give you my worst as well. Yep, go for it. So uh, Nick Perkett's worst liveries are going to be Wanneroo, Queensland Raceway and the Gold Coast. <laughs> Frosty's car, it's just, it's busy, it just doesn't flow, it's, it's like, I don't know, it's, it's like when you, it's like when they used to have those nights at the drive-in, yeah, where it was like yeah. 20 bucks a car load, yeah, so you'd have 16 of your mates in the back seat and four in the boot and a couple hanging on the roof rack, it's like there's too much crammed onto one car. Well, I mean, I've got, I've got Monster in my worst three for much the same reason, it just seems as though, and I don't know what it is uh, down in Campbellfield, but they're just... They can never put a cohesive design together. Which is really, really mad because all those VLs and R32s have got immaculate paint jobs, the ones that live in Campbellfield. I think Lounsey's car is a little bit boring. It's, it's an, it, it, it looks nice, it looks neat, but it's a bit... You know what it looks like? It looks like a Toyota Cressida with a bowling hat on the back parcel shelf. It's like he's getting ready for, you know, for retirement. I thought that actually, I think the, the Lance car with the with the silver and black, all I needed to do was put some um, green headlight protectors on it. and Wouldn't that look legendary? Yeah, I think I've done that before. Um, and I hate to say it to all you, uh, all you fans out there, but the WAU, Walkinshaw and Ready United, boring. Boring, boring, dull. I'm, I'm finished. Over to you. Three best. Three well, best, best three. I've actually got Slade, Simona, GRM, same as you. Wow. Um, and, to think, and to think that we were, it was like we were at school. We weren't letting each other copy each other's notes. <laughs> uh, worst no, three. no, I had... Oh, yeah, Slade, yeah, yeah, Simona, yeah, yeah, same three. Yeah. Worst three, as I said, Mostert. Red Bull. Too busy. Yeah. Far too busy. See... Just like um, when uh, when I stepped out to go to the bathroom before and not mm. Roland from Grand Designs wandered in, mm. it's all about the money. Mm. If mm, I can get more names on my car, I'll get more cash in my wallet. When did they come back in? <laughs> and my final worst three, and I'm probably one of the few people that feels this way, Caruso. My God, you've changed, man. You've, you've, you with JD, you would JDM to the core. If seriously, the if, turquoise. If, if, you cut. Remember that day you cut yourself and you and you bled calsonic blue. Uh, Caruso, uh, yeah, I don't like the aqua, the aqua, and, and just the red on the Nissan banner and the auto glim on the bonnet. It just clashes with it. Although it's interesting to note that they've gone from um, carsales.com.au to drive.com. Drive. Now, I, mm. I, I, top of my head, I think they're rivals, but I'm not sure. Mm. We'll, follow, we'll we'll come back to you in the uh, in the next episode on that one. Mm. And also, um, what, what, is that season long or is that just Adelaide? Because wow. Caruso went through a few liveries last year as well. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Nissan Finance, when they needed someone to pay the bills. Mm. 
there's some, there's some genuine parts that surface. When they needed oh, someone, the, when they needed someone to replace the bits. Yeah. Oh, the irony that was in surface. Yes. Um, so anyway, all of this being said, I suppose we've got to uh, put our money where our mouth is. I'm not even going to go and look at Unibet Warbster. I'm um, I'm still off the punt. Okay, Ms. fair enough. Mrs. DSA's uh, Mrs. Hmm. DSA said I can buy one Tat Slotto ticket a week. Right, and well, we have no idea anyway. So no, and we're <laughs> going on with you, it. You can go back through uh, all the previous episodes, and I think um, I'll forever hang my hat on uh, picking Davy Reynolds for uh, for a Bathurst win, but the others, <laughs> yeah, who'd, who'd have had, a clue? We had nothing. <laughs> let's make it easy. Let's okay. do, let's do three to look out for. We already did three to look out for. Didn't we? Yeah, I, I said that. Okay. Three drivers to look out for. Oh, no, pick a winner. Pick a winner. Okay. We're getting confused here. Pick we can, a winner. We can just cut all of this. Yeah. Pick a winner. I'd really like it to be um, Andre head. 3000. Use your head, I'd not your like heart. I'd like it to be Andre 3000. Use your head, not your... You can say one driver's name. Use your head, not your heart. Shane Van Gisbergen. I'll beat that out. Shane Van Gisbergen. <laughs> <laughs> See? Head, not heart. <laughs> Common sense tells me he will win this race. He will destroy them mm. or destroy his car, hopefully. Mm. No, destroy his car. <laughs> not hopefully. If the, if, if the ZB is up to it and um, Gizzy's having a good weekend, yep. usually no one can get there. Yeah, game, yeah, game over. He will check out. And if it's wet, mm. he will check out. Yeah. So there you have it. Mm-hmm. Our, uh, our first one for 2018. Our first Warbster right. cast. So, you, so our first supercars so, was to cast for 2018. So you heard it here first. Uh, we're picking Shane Van Gisbergen. So um, pull your money on Jamie Wincup. Mm. Anyway, that's us. Don't don't forget, hit us up on social media, mm. the Supercar Insiders Facebook page, www.facebook.com backslash supercarinsiders to check out what the Warbster's up to. And uh, hit up www.facebook.com slash podcast DSO for uh, the podcast DSO's general rantings, ravings, and insight. Assuming you can get autocorrect to work. Yes. Yes. And some more likes, please. He's beating me. You've got two years on me. Let's see where we are. Let's see if we're still doing this nonsense in two years. All right, that's it. We've, we've kept you good people long enough. As my parish priest used to say at the end of the sermon. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy Adelaide. I'm sure it'll be a crash fest. Uh, Warbster, I'm, uh, I'm going to be at Sandown next weekend looking after State Race, my first uh, other thing on the side with State Race, so uh, I'll need to check in on the Foxtel on the phone, I think. Righto. Well, anyway, I've been the Warbster. I've been the DSO. And we are out.